Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Judges 4, verse 14, Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him, and the Lord routed Sisera and all of his chariots and his army with the edge of the sword before Barak, and Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. Verse 16, but Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Haroseth Hagoyim. And the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. I want you to go down a little further to verse 23. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger. I want you to say that. The hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Father, move in great power tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Again, we do have notes for you. Welcome to all those that are online, those that are here in this midweek service. God has a dream for you. Let me say that again. God has a dream for you. God has a hope for you. God has a future for you. He does. And it's awesome. Good to have you home, Evangelist John and Anna Duke. We love you guys. We're so proud of you. Evangelizing all over. Started in his backyard, and now he's all over America. Glory to God. That's how it is. And in fact, as I preach, you're going to find the principles, John, of what, what, what you're walking through. The truth is, what you've walked out and what you will walk out. As I preach to you tonight, a message I was going to call Winners never quit. And quitters never win. I was going to call it that, but I changed my mind. I figured I'd be biblical and pull it right out of the text, stronger and stronger. Because if you're going to fulfill the plan that God has for you in Indonesia, if you're going to fulfill the plan that God has for you in Holland, in Amsterdam, where are you at? Very good. Say amen. If you're going to fulfill the dream that God has in Brazil, in Eagle River, in Alaska, wherever you are, in Dillingham, wherever you are, whatever God's called you to do, you're going to have to learn some very simple principles to fulfill the dream, to fulfill vision, to get it done. It doesn't just happen. I said it doesn't just happen. You said, well, it just happened for me. Well, that, that's a gift, and there are certain things where it just happens. Bam, how awesome. I love it when it's like that. All of us want our dreams and visions to fulfill. In fact, I think it's in Philippians, he says he causes us to will and act according to his good purpose. Let's think about that. He causes us to will and act. He, he gives us the desires of his heart, Psalm 37. Des, the desire of your heart. If you delight yourself in him, he gives you the desires of your heart. It's crazy. He gives us a dream. He gives us a vision. And that's from him. And then as we love him and seek first his kingdom, Luke 12, then he brings all those things about. The pagan way is not that way. The pagan way is grovel, do whatever you can, step on anybody, get over the top, do whatever you can do to get there. We believe in working hard, but there's principles 
to see vision, to see dreams come to pass. And there is erroneous thinking that if it's God, it'll just happen. I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you, that's a lie. God's got to find somebody that'll fight. He's got to find somebody who won't quit. My dad taught me long ago that winners never, winners never quit and quitters never win. Winning's not everything. It's the only thing. So I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. Well, you're a part of a team that wins. It's not, I hope we win. No, we win. We win. You, you, you read and understand all of Scripture in the kingdom. We're walking this thing out. In this text, God gives us insights. Uh, let, me, let me share with you a, a note I made in my time of devotion from the Gospels with Jesus. Listen to this scripture. This is Luke 9, verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, listen closely. Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Resolutely. He's God. Fully God, fully man. Why would Jesus have to resolutely anything? Because there are forces at work that want to derail you. There are forces at work that want you to quit. There's forces at work that want to abandon and want to abort the dream and the vision you have. And you have to learn to fight. You have to learn to press through. And there's a myriad of problems and challenges. If it was easy, everybody would do it. That worth fulfilling the dream, the vision that God has for your life, the dream, the vision that God has for us corporately, the dream, the vision that God has for his people, for the earth, has to be fought for. I don't like that so much. I know. I don't either. But it sure is wonderful when it comes to pass. What's taking place here in Judges 4, and we're in your notes now, is, uh, and I've said it before, but the, the message of Judges, one of the, all of the entire book of Judges, one of the main messages is that when you're backslidden, you're going to come under bondage. So if you turn from God, Old Testament, New Testament, right here, right now, you turn from God, you're going to come under bondage. So anybody that turns away from God is going to come under bondage. Anybody that hasn't turned towards God is in bondage. The good news is you can cry out like they cried out, crying out. Men began to call on the name of the Lord. That right there in, in the book of Genesis is a picture of prayer. And when you begin to call on the Lord, that is the day that your deliverance has begun. Now for us in, in Christ, deliverance is instantaneous if you'll receive it because of what Jesus has done. But they, Israel's backslidden in the context of this passage and they're in bondage. So they cry out. And um, God raises up a woman. I had somebody say to me, how come you have women in ministry? Because um, God did, I think would be the simple answer. And uh, we've proven it in Scripture before, and we'll, we'll do it again. There's such a fight against women in ministry. We have women pastors, there's women prophetesses, there's women leaders, and great, great leaders are, are, are many women. And so they cried out, and God, in a patriarchal society, it's all about men. God raises up a woman, and her name is Deborah. And I, I should say that with judges, the, the other 
major point of the book of Judges is all of these judges that are raised up in the book of Judges, they don't ever disciple anybody to take their place. Uh, John Maxwell said this, if there's no successor, then there's no success. So there has to be an elevation of this whole next generation and the generation after that. Do you know we have amazing children leaders? We have amazing youth leaders. We have amazing young adult. Can you say young adult leaders? Young adult leaders. We have amazing uh, middle-aged leaders. We have amazing senior leaders. Can somebody say yes? Yeah, it's not just, a, it's not just one particular age group. I've so, been so blessed over the years by the support and the prayer and the incredible integrity and leadership of Mayor Edna DeVries, who's 80 years old, okay? And you act like you're in your 60s or younger. You're full of faith, full of power. And, and we so appreciate your model to, to us all. When I'm 80, I'm going to be like that in the man version. Come on, somebody say Amen. So God answers their cry. Come on, somebody say God answers the cry. And he raises up a Deborah. And that, that's, that's amazing. In the middle of this war with Jabin, a demonized pagan man. A Jabin was a king. It's another name for a king. So God raises up this Deborah. And God gives a word from her to Barak, who obeys and wins this incredible victory. You know, just because you get a word from God doesn't mean it just unfolds and it happens, right? So they had the word, then they had to do their part. God will do his part, but you must do yours. God ain't going to come and do your part. You had to get your carcass to church tonight to hear this message, right? right let me give you some insights on fulfilling dreams. Some insights. You see this victory, and the key here is in verse 23. The hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against King Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed, until they destroyed, until, until. In other words, that wasn't the last fight. That was just one of them. But the picture is that after they, after they won that fight, they got some new strength, and they're like, all right, Let's do it again. And they fought again. And they won again. And they got stronger again. The picture is they went and got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until. Everybody say until. Until they won. Now, as believers, we fight from a place of victory. But it requires us to, to continue to die. Continue to lay our life down. Continue to pray. And you know something? I don't like that. My flesh doesn't like that. I, I, I want, come on, we like, you know, instant everything. My wife long ago got rid of a, um, that microwave thing. We haven't had a microwave for years. I have one in my camper, though. La, 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 la. Okay. We're allowed to have one in the camper, but there's not one in the house. Why? Just uh, doesn't believe in radiation on your food. So um, medicine woman, Pastor Karen, she, she just doesn't. So there's no quick heating anything up. I don't, does anybody like oatmeal? Let me just tell you, 
that the best oatmeal is slow, not Quaker quick oats. Those are not the best. The best ones are the ones that you take a long time to cook, and honestly, it's better the second day in my mind. It takes a little while to cook them, right? Have you ever noticed when you microwave water that it does, it, somebody told me that it changes the molecular structure of water. Now, I, I don't know that, but, but I know one thing. My coffee does not taste as good when I use microwave water, and my tea doesn't taste as good either. There's something just different about it. Yet, we think things in, in this world, this, this Christian, this kingdom thing should just be instant. And everything around us, our flesh wants instant. Instant coffee, instant oats. Instant grits are lame. There's a special place in hell for the instant grit person. No, no, that's no good. Come on, save me, that's no good. Then, right, so, I mean, clearly, instant, I like it when it's instantly God breaks through, but I think we forget that we've been sowing and praying and believing, and then the breakthrough comes. It's usually not instant. It's usually something that we've had to fight for. And so it took really time and perseverance to overcome this wicked bondage that they came under because of their own sin. It took time to turn it around. Listen, if you're in church tonight and it's your first time here, I'm so glad you're here. If you're here and you've been here for six months, you've been serving God for six months, but you were serving the devil for six years, 60 years, I don't know, whatever, you think your life's going to turn around completely in six months? It, it, it can at the heart of it. But many times there's a harvest of things that you did. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the fact that, I've, honestly, I've been serving God for, I don't know, what is it, 27 years or something like that. You know, that's not as long as some of you all, and, uh, and maybe it's longer than others. But the point is that in my life, I still have some harvest from the time when I was just going pillar to post and living for the enemy. And you can pray, God, turn that around. How many of you know that Romans 8, says that he turns all things for good. For those that know God and love God, he'll turn it for good. Come on, God will turn it for good. But you wanted it the, sec the second day you got saved. Some of you want to walk into the blessings that he has for you, but you don't have a character to contain it. Come on, if the blessing would kill you and send you back to the pit that he dragged you out of, do you think that would be nice? If he gave it to you? No, that wouldn't be a good, good father. It's who you are. He's a good father. So he ain't just going to hook you up with something that you're going to stick in your vein. Some of you literally. It took time and perseverance. And as you'll see, as they fought, they, had, they got stronger and stronger. They didn't quit. They what? They didn't quit. There are hindrances and blockages that have to be overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer, through declaration, through you continuing to put your hand to the plow, as I was saying to my beloved sister, through you continuing to do the right thing. Somebody asked me recently, how is it that you ended up so blessed in your church and all that and everything? That, and honestly, I have no idea. But I can say this, we just keep coming. And I'll tell you when we didn't come, never. I can count on one hand, I missed Sunday. 
and we'd have to ask Pastor Karen to get the details because she's, she's got the details. But honestly, we, we, didn't, we didn't miss Sunday. We didn't miss Sunday night. When I went for a job, when I went for a job, I'm talking, I'm talking 20-something years ago, when I went for a job, this was a criteria for me getting a job. This is how it was for me. Because church to me was where I was going to get fed, where I was going to get trained, where I was going to learn how to fulfill the dream that God had for my life. And I knew it. I knew he had touched me. So I'm thinking, what am I, what am I going to do? Stay home and watch the, the idiot box, which is another name for TV. What am I going to do? I'm going, I'm going. And plus, it was such a party. Power, joy, healing. Woo! Yes! I couldn't wait to come to church. Now, if it's dead church, that'd be something different. But that's not what we grew up in, and that's what this is. And, and praise God, we might be at ankle-deep level. We just kept coming. Pastor Karen and I just kept coming. And I will tell you that I know people who've, who've accomplished and seen great things in the kingdom, they happen to have done the same thing. Now, it's not that you have to be in every service, but every it's Sunday is, is the day of the Lord. You have, I believe you have to have a day for the Lord. Oh, I was saying my job requirements. When I look for jobs, when I look for jobs, I would just tell them, I'm applying, I can't work Sunday, I can't work Wednesday, and I need Thursday night off. That is clearly what I would tell them straight out. So I'd be applying, I can't work Sunday, I can't work Wednesday night, and I need Thursday night also. Why is that? Because Sunday I went to church all day. And then Wednesday I went, Wednesday night, Holy Ghost night, just like we have here, just like tonight. And then Thursday I led a life group. And there was not optional. That is what I, I, I knew what God called me to do, to fulfill a dream, to fulfill a vision. I didn't know the fullness of it back then. But I just knew that I needed to stay. Come on. Does anybody work out here? Okay, I work out hard. You know when my, I was working out with my son, the last thing we wanted to do was go to the gym. Tired. End of the day. Last thing, it's late. I said, are you going? He goes, I have to. I said, all right then. What kind of answer is that? I have to. That's an answer to somebody who's committed, somebody who's in covenant, somebody who's going to get stronger and stronger. If you think being a part-time believer is going to release full-time blessings, you're totally wrong. God's looking for worshipers. And I don't mean you have to be in every service here. I don't, I'm not saying that. That's how it was for me. And I couldn't wait to be a part of it. And that's the way I've been doing it for, you know, for decades now. But you have to serve God every day and seek him every day and get in the word and pray and renew your mind. Some of you listen to secular music like it's going out of style. And you wonder why you can't hear the voice of the Lord. You just have bump and grind music on in your head all the time or screamo. I don't know, I just can't hear God's voice. Imagine that. Imagine that. Man, I wonder why. So I don't know, Pastor, I'm just battling depression. We like listen to all like, you know, those old country music songs. Your dog's dead, your wife's dead, lost your horse. Come on, what do they say? What do they say if you play a country music record, it's like the gospel. You, you play it backwards, you get all your stuff back. If you're going to fulfill a dream, you're going to have to, God wants to make you stronger and stronger. Come on, someone say, I'm going to get stronger and stronger. Stronger and stronger. Our flesh doesn't want to persevere. We want everything instant. But God wants to make us stronger. So he leaves us something to fight. 
I think I've said this before. On one hand, I'm thrilled that it's taken us a long time to, to do our building. You say, what hand would that be? Well, it certainly isn't the instant grits hand. But something has been placed in me and something has been placed in us as a church, as a congregation. Listen, you could have quit. Well, we have had people quit. I just can't. I can't believe we're not in that building. I can't tell you receive another offering. Okay. It's okay. You know, listen, sometimes people can't, people can't always walk with you. There will be, God will bring people and gather them. And if, if, if one or two goes off or three or four, listen, if God gave you the dream, God gave you the vision, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Persevere. And there's always people that are going to be like, listen, I'm telling you, we're going to build another building. Wally, you're not building it. But there, we're... <laughs> this is your last one. <laughs> Wally... Wally's a preacher and a revivalist. That, that's what Wally's called to. Build, doing buildings is his tent making. God, help us to finish in Jesus' name. Can you say, help us to finish, God? All right, we can see the... Settle down on the front row. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Eagle River needs a building. Right, so we're in some thing that we rent, and we're grateful. It's great. We need a building. It's too small. You've outgrown it. What are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe we'll build one. I I, I mean, even when I say that, I cringe. Like, ah, ah, ah. Maybe we'll build one. So I just don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know, it sounds like a little baby. Some of you are just babies. The bottom line is do what God told you to do. Do that. And if people don't like you, there's only two or three folks that like you anyway. So you might as well just please the Lord and make persons in heaven. Come on, somebody. You might as well just persevere. Do what God called you to do and let everybody else pound sand. It's not a popularity contest. It's pleasing the Lord at everything that we do. And it, it can be challenging. Your reward's in heaven. But you don't get to go yet. You know, John Duke and Anna Duke, they've become full-time evangelists and raised up here. Many, many people helped them to get there. We're very grateful. Just always in morning prayer, contending, praying, doing what he could do, Believing, decreeing, declaring, taking steps of faith, costly steps of faith, sowing seed. Like, I want to be an evangelist. All right, eat dirt. Amen. Win souls. Somebody said, I have an evangelistic anointing. How many souls did you win to the Lord this week? That's how you know you're an evangelist. You're winning souls, actually. All right. Everybody say persevere. God also wants us to depend on him. You know, one of the things that I've preached it before it comes out of a series from Dr. Morocco. It got so into me about um, crossing over into our destiny as a series. It's, it's in our life groups. I've preached it here twice over the past 15 years. It comes from the book of Joshua. And what's amazing to me is that Joshua has to cross over the Jordan at flood stage. Like God's in control of you know, all the seasons, he's in control of everything. Why? Can we just have it cross the Jordan when it's at trickle stage? 
Can't the Jordan be like low? Why does it have to be at flood stage? All the babies, millions of people, all their stuff. Why does it have to be at flood stage, Lord? And God gives them a plan, a plan that's insane. And many times plans from God seem insane. The carnal mind is at enmity with God, but God, God releases wisdom to those who will believe him for it. And so he tells them, take the ark, take the, take the ark of the covenant and send the priests out and keep everybody else uh, um, about a thousand yards away. I have to go look at the math, but the, the, the ark is way out there. And the priests are to carry the ark and they're to walk in. And the, and, and the Lord tells them, as soon as the priest's foot hit, the, hit the, uh, the Jordan, it'll stop and you'll cross over on dry ground. Can you imagine being the first priest? Can you imagine? There you are. All of you carrying the box. Hey, Jethro, you ready? No, I ain't Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Flood stage. You're going to go down river. As soon as they put their foot in it, it piled up all the way back to a city called Adam and was cut off to the Dead Sea, a place called Ben Arubah. Why would God have it be at flood stage? Because a whole generation did not see Pharaoh get wiped out, didn't see the crossing of the Red Sea, didn't see all of those things. Many times you're facing a flood stage Jordan because God wants to demonstrate his power through you. It's not to beat you up. And if you'll just believe God, then the impossible will take place. This situation with Israel was... there's. Over hundreds of thousands, hundred plus thousand, I need to go look at the text, but over a hundred thousand men. And there's 900 chariots. Do you have any idea what that's like? It'd be like the Taliban facing all of our Air Force if we unleashed it on them, right? That's what that would be like. 900 iron chariots. And so you say, well, he had 10,000 men. 10,000 men are nothing for 100,000 plus standing army. And 900 chariots. The, the odds against Israel are, are zero. There is no chance that they would win. Zero. But God. Iron chariots. They had blades that came off the wheels. They would just ride through the crowd and mow down dozens of people with every swath. 900 of them. 10,000 people wouldn't be around for long. It would be 10 passes. What you're facing tonight can be overcome. When you depend on God and you seek Him. You know, this building project has been a challenge, obviously, because it wasn't, we'd be done. And if I said, like I said, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Not everybody wants to be in a six-year building project. We thought, thought we'd be done in a couple years. All kinds of problems. And I don't even mean just COVID. All kinds of difficulties. And as we move through week after week, it seems another giant comes over the hill that loses his head. Did you hear me? I, in fact, I, for me, I, I don't know. I mean, we're just like in a perpetual state of war and joy. Woo! Great battle one last week. Woo, we in another one now. Let's go. And it's week after week after week after week after week after week after week. And you're like, when is that going to stop? 
I don't know. I think God, you know what God's going to do? He's making us really strong. Come on, is somebody getting strong? I'm getting stronger and stronger. Is there anybody? Come on, Wally. Come on. We're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I don't know how to quit. If God said it, I believe it. That's it. I'm going to fulfill what God called me to do. He's going to see it come to pass. Every obstacle be removed. Every demonic assignment be broken. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Demons flee. Get some resolve. Quit being a stinking jellyfish Christian that's got no backbone. Grow a spine. Grow a spine. Understand. (laughs) Come on, look at your neighbor and say, grow a spine. My God. And that's why some of you are walking in, in great victory. Is it easy to start a business? It has moments where it just boof, things out. Don't you love it when it's just like, and then wham, wham, wham. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate for a minute. And then get back to work. I don't like experiencing pain. I don't like experiencing battles. But I love what it does for me. An interesting thing happened recently. Somebody having a a real difficulty. It's a difficulty that we've seen God do untold breakthroughs and miracles in that area. So they called. This is going on. And and Pastor, uh, I said, oh, that's easy for God. You ready? Yeah, all right. Do this, this, and this. Let me pray for you. Pray. Power God touched them. They obeyed the instruction, which is the word this, this, and this. Imagine that. Come out the other side, total victory. That is how it is. And sometimes you have to fight for decades. I understand that. I've been fighting for restor- restoration with my two daughters for 20, since I got saved. Hasn't happened yet, but they could be here next week. Come on, somebody say amen. So let me ask you this question. What is your enemy? What is it? Is it a habit that you're trying to break free from? Is it an addiction that you're trying to break free from? Is it relationship? What is it that's been an enemy? What is the Jabin in your life? Ask yourself that question. What is the Jabin? What is the thing? What is the, the thing that's before you that's like a Jabin? What is the flood stage Jordan in front of you? The enemy of our soul will attempt to attack you in your area of weakness. We all have weaknesses. So he'll attempt to attack you in the area of weaknesses. And I've, I've found that the enemy, like with this PTSD thing, it's just tried people that have gotten free from PTSD or all of a sudden have a resurgence because they got triggered of what's happening. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying fight. Stay, stay healed. Stay free. I, you know, we've seen people that have been addicted to drugs come, get, they, they, they come, they're prayed for by one of our pastors, they have oil put on them, and they... They leave and they no longer have a desire for for drugs and they leave and they start getting involved in church and then all of a sudden, you know, you find that Jabin shows up with free drugs. Jabin's a play on the text. Some demonized person comes and offers, you used to have to grovel to steal money to pay for drugs. Now, now you have it for free. Yeah, how many of you know that's not God? The enemy's constantly trying to needle you to get you to go back. 
to get you bitter about your father, bitter about your mother, bitter about your brother, bitter about your sister, get you angry, to get you over into the flesh, get you back in demonic bondage. You know what's interesting? Uh, Look at verse 15 of this text. Um, Pardon me, I've got the wrong verse. Uh, A little bit earlier on in the text, Deborah gives a word. Verse 8. Does this sound familiar? This is Barak answering the prophetess and judge Deborah. If you go with me, then I will go. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, where's that sound familiar from? Moses. I I looked at this completely differently as I studied it today. You know, we 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 didn't think Moses was a weak jerk because he asked God to go with him. But I've heard commentaries on this where he said, oh, yeah, he was gonna trust in the woman. And you know what? It doesn't matter who the word of the Lord comes from. You want to connect with whoever is anointed, whoever's bringing the, who's ever, you want to connect with the one who's got power, the word of the Lord. He said, oh man, if you don't go with us, then you know, you need to go with us, Deborah. And even in the song of Deborah, it makes it an, a, a, a negative reference to that. But it's a picture of, it's a picture to me that the same thing that, that Moses said, if you don't go with me, we can't go. It's a picture that he expressed a humble confession of his inadequacy. Can I let you in on a secret? I have more shortcomings and inadequacies than you can imagine. Now, I've had people come to try to get advice from me from the market to uh, business ideas. I, 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 my, my, I'm learning in those areas. I'll tell you what, my, my main gift is to preach, to pray, and to prophesy. That's my main gift. I have a gift of leadership, right? I do not know how to, I don't know how the wisdom of doing real estate deals. Oh, I've learned a lot. What's your point? My point is, none of us are like the, the paragon of virtue in giftings. That's why it's called the body. That's why, that's why it takes a team. I can't play like I wish. See, that's the problem. I'm not willing to practice. I'm being so rebuked right now. Sister used to be tone deaf, can now sing and play. And I, I was going to say, I wish I could play with like you. The truth is, I don't really want to. Man, I am getting filleted right now. I have, to, I have to be truthful to say, if I really wanted to play like him, I mean, he has his own gifting. I could have my own anointing and gifting on keys. I don't. You know why? I don't practice like he did. I don't play like he did. I don't put time in. I don't work. I don't get stronger and stronger in the area of keys or guitar or whatever. Some of you, listen, if you want to do something great for God, you've got to go for it. The outliers. Anybody ever read the book, secular book? You put in 10,000 hours, you become an expert at something. You want to be a great, you want to play great piano? Put in 10,000 hours of practice. You'll be great. And then even then, there's giftings and anointings. Am I getting through to anybody right now? You know, it's okay to express your inadequacy on one level. Don't camp out on it. I can't, but Christ in me can. You don't ever get around Wally and start talking about, well, I, I don't know, but I, I can't figure that out. You have the mind of Christ. I mean, he'll, he'll get in your grill and tell you. You have the mind of Christ. 
I went and brought my truck a couple of years ago to get the air conditioner fixed when, when, when Alaska became an out, out, outskirts of hell about two years ago. Anybody remember that? What the heck happened that summer? I don't know. Of course, that's when my air conditioner broke. So I bring it down and it's like, oh, that's 800 bucks or whatever they said. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. I talked to Wally and consulted. He said, well, you know, do this, this, and this. So I looked, I got on YouTube. I got on YouTube and I realized, oh, this is a common thing. It's, it's just the clutch. It's just a clutch to my, they wanted to replace my compressor. They wanted to replace all this stuff and, and fix it and everything. And I found out and discovered it's just the clutch. Well, I still have some scars on my knuckles. But because Wally said, you have the mind of Christ, you can do it. I just looked at that. I read schematics. I didn't understand any of it. I read it again, and I watched the YouTube again. I watched the YouTube again. Then I got out there with my computer, looked at it again and again, and like mine was a little different than this guy's, and went back over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and I fixed my air conditioning unit for like 150 bucks instead of 800 and some bloody knuckles. But now guess what? If you know, if you have a problem with your Dodge, Air conditioning unit, go call somebody to help you. Amen. <laughs> but you, you have the mind of Christ. Someone say that. I might be inadequate in the natural, but I have the mind of Christ. You can do all things through. You can. Come on, somebody say, I can. Gotta humble. It's okay to humble yourself. Look at your notes. He expressed confidence in the word of the Lord. How, how did he do that? Through his obedience. Now, the NIV says this differently than the New King James. So I want to read this. Look at verse 15. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Caesarea and all his chariots. Now, if you go read the Psalms, you can find out actually what happened the moment he begins to come down the mountain, see, he hears the word of the Lord. He's like, can you imagine? 10,000 guys. They have an Air Force, tanks, hundreds of thousands of men. Let's go. As Barak comes down the mountain, a flash flood happens. And they, their, iron, their iron chariots get stuck in the mud and they, they go, mayhem is everywhere, and they all get wiped out by one little Barak that obeyed the word of the Lord. If you will obey the word of the Lord, you'll see that kind of results, and that, that's what we're seeing around here. And there's greater battles and more things to happen that are yet ahead. Come on, you're going to get stronger and stronger. Say, I will become stronger and stronger. Say it again like you mean it. I will become all right, you're in a fight right now? Welcome to the human race, for God's sake. Quit belly aching and putting up all your posts on Facebook. Get the word of the Lord. Come off the mountain. That picture of coming off the mountain to me, Barak came off the mountain and God acted on his behalf. It's a picture of being on the mountain with the Lord, a picture of, of, of being in the high place with God. It's a picture of being in communion with God. It's a picture of getting marching orders from God. And as you come down to fulfill what he called you to do, God will break out left and right. There's endless testimonies. If you'll obey, then God will move. Dr. Yonggi Cho said, we pray and we 
we obey. You know, the other thing I think that's great about Barak is that he doesn't really give a fig who gets to credit. I'll tell you right now, I, I could care less who gets the credit. I'm just glad to be on the team. And you know who really should get all the credit? The Lord. The Lord should get all the credit. And if it's about, if it's about you and your ego and you did this thing and a feather in your cap or whatever, stop it. It's not, it's not about you. It's about him. It's about the kingdom. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Holy Ghost. God will give you victory. God will fulfill your dreams. He's going to make you stronger and stronger. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Break off misconceptions about dream fulfillment. Break off erroneous thinking that it's instant grits in the kingdom, because it isn't. Those who earnestly, diligently seek him will be rewarded. God, we are clearly in a battle that we've won, but we need to walk it out. We confess our inadequacy in the flesh. Oh, but by your spirit, we can run through a troop. We can jump over a wall. Lord says, you're going to make it, you're going to make it, you're going to make it, yes. The Lord says, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it through me. You can. I'll get all the glory. and I'll reward you. You can do anything. Nothing's impossible to them that believe. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in condemnation shall be condemned. For that is the inheritance of the saints. So do not be weary. Don't give up, no. Don't throw in the towel, no. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. He's coming with recompense. He's coming with recompense. He's coming with his reward. Set your face like a flint. Okay, so so your marriage is hurting. For the love of God, get healed. How? However you got to. I was talking to somebody like, well, you know, the slope is killing me on marriage. Quit! The slope! Well, I just, you know, I met somebody. Well, if you want to destroy your whole family, continue doing that. The enemy's so crafty, he weasels his way in. That's what's so hard to get healed. It really isn't. You're just, it's going to hurt. You're selfish, okay? That's your problem. 
Say, no, it's them. They did it. Yeah, but I'm talking about you. Die to yourself. Go after God. Seek Him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and strength. Pray for your spouse. And then act like Jesus. And if they choose to reject and turn and run, well, you can't do anything about that, but you can do everything about you. Get away from the naysayers. Get away from the psychological babble and seek God. Live as a new creation. Put a guard over your mouth. Cut all ties with the devil. Go deep in God. You know, I told you, it's, it just seems like one giant after another on our building project and nothing really to mention because we don't want to give the devil advertisement. He's defeated. Come on, someone say he's defeated. He's defeated. Everything's going great. Is everything going? Yeah, everything's going great. I'm not, I'm not just saying it by faith like it is. It's going great. There are obstacles? Sure. If you will learn to fight with the word of the Lord, double-edged sword in your mouth, you'll learn to speak it. You know, intense, in times of intense battle, and I'm, I'm, I'm in one, in times of intense battle, I get very focused. I don't, have a, I, don't have, I don't have a lot of nonsense going on in my ears. I don't have a lot of time for idle conversation. I don't, I don't just, oh, just hang out and, and just eat whatever I want to. I'm not gorging on cookies and all that. No, I'm, I'm like living fasted. I'm focused. I'm in the fray, baby. And I'm going to tell you, we're coming to the other side. And that is the way that, that I have walked out. That's what I see in Scripture. I don't see anything else in Scripture. If you run into a, war, a block, fast. I don't want to fast. Well, then forget you. Then you, can, you can go with the quitters if you want to. Not me. I ain't doing that. I'm going to win. I, I'm going to walk it out. Well, I don't want to fast. That's hard for me to fast. And you're not desperate. You get really desperate. It's no problem pushing your, well, my doctor said, okay, I'm not talking about that. Please, please, if I say something that seems unbiblical, that's not what I meant. Fight. Fight in the spirit. Wage a good warfare over the prophetic word spoken of. Why would Paul even say that? Because there's a battle that wants to keep the dream and the fulfillment of the prophetic word. That's why. Well, it just didn't work. Like I said, Grow a spine, which will come by the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not like add water and stir. The anointing of the Holy Spirit comes out of an intimacy with God. So when God speaks to you, you endeavor to obey. And then you walk with him and he gives you a change of instruction and he leads you and he guides you and he directs you. And if you get to a place where you're not willing to go any further, that is where you will stop. And you can see churches all across the land that did great exploits for God and they get to this place where like, well, we've arrived. Let me tell you when you arrive, when you're dead. Never quit growing. You never quit seeking. You never quit staying. If you lose your desperation for God, you will lose that desire of God to make you stronger and stronger and more like him and do great exploits. Those that know their God will do great exploits. Your marriage can be healed. Let, let hope fill you. Get books, read them, get in pray. Prayer fast, pray. I'm gonna, Ivan, Ivan Tate said to me about Molokai. He comes, I was my first pastorate away from the island of Maui. I'm in Molokai. Ivan Tate comes and he's like, huh, this place needs some serious help. I'm like, I know. He's like, well, you're going to get it done. 
You'll be about this big when you get there, but you're going to get it. I didn't even know he's prophesying over me. We had our meal. I thought about that. You'll be about this big. I knew what that meant. That means you'll be fasting and praying until God gives you breakthrough. I had a dream, and in the dream, I did a 40-day fast. Water. I'd never done one before. And uh, I should say it probably wasn't all water. It was, it was liquid. On day 38, if anybody's ever ever done a uh, long fast like that, I, I think it was like day 30. It might have been day 39. I mean, it was like the final, final, final. We had a Japanese delegation who had been touched by God at the church. And they all came from Japan, and they wanted me to do the wedding. No problem. But after the wedding, there was a big reception. And it was a major dishonor thing if I didn't eat. And they don't understand you're going, you know, I mean, like really dishonoring them. I remember sitting there, and they brought a giant pile of shrimp. I was like, oh, my God. I got one day, one day to finish. Pastor Karen was there. She's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. And, and everybody's looking like they're looking at Pastor to pray and start eating, right? You know, you, you ever learn that you don't, until, until the, the honored guest picks up his fork and knife, then you all start to eat or chopsticks or whatever the case is. They're all looking at me. I'm like, okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for this union. What a wonderful time. Amen. And so I, I'm just going to let everybody's going to start eating. But they didn't. They're like looking at me. And then, and the, then the guy says, in Japanese culture, you, you, you need to eat first. I'm like, it's my last stinking day. I didn't say that. I just thought, I took the fork. I stabbed that glorious shrimp. I saw the juices come out. I picked it up. I was like, actually, it was with my right hand. And they're all looking. I put it in my mouth, and I started chewing. First of all, I thought I was going to fall out by the power of the Holy Ghost and the taste of the shrimp. Then I knew I was going to be running to the bathroom shortly thereafter. If anybody knows about fasting, long fast, bad idea to have food like that. So I'm chewing. Everybody starts eating. And so I thought, I'll just suck the juice out of it and spit the remains in the napkin. So I sucked the juice out, and I spit the remains in the napkin. I thought one was good. I ended up having about 50 shrimp. <laughs> there was like these cloth napkins that looked like, like little bags filled with the remains of shrimp that got the juice sucked out of them. I think I lost 50 or 60 pounds. And, and, and apparently it was good enough because on the 40th day with my mother, my mother was, drove me to the direction of where I had this dream where I was supposed to go on the 40th day. You remember that, right, Mom? Without telling you the whole story, what happened in one of the most demonized islands is the power of God fell on me on a mountain. I felt like I was, uh, you know, Elijah on the mountain with my blonde hair blowing. <sighs> the church doubled, doubled in 30 days. 30 days. Within 30 days, we doubled in size. And within the next few weeks after that, the Lord gave me an assignment on Kauai, which we loved Molokai and we were so blessed to move on. <laughs> 
<laughs> we still love Molokai. We love the people of Molokai, but it was time for us to go. And Pastor Robert took my place. Within six weeks, the entire, the entire landscape, spiritual landscape of the entire island changed. And I'll tell you what, it did something to me. Do you know what this church has been founded on? Yeah, Kings, yes, Dr. Morocco, yes, Division. We would not exist had we not did another fast like that. I'm, I'm, please don't hear me. I'm not, I, I pray I don't ever have to do another one. I'm just saying, if God called you, you can do it. If God called you, you can do it. If you're married, you can get healed. If you're alive and breathing, you can get healed. You can make it. You can become stronger and stronger. You can fulfill the plan of God. Are you willing to fast? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to do what God asks you to do? Because if you do that, then you see breakthrough. Not everybody wants that. I've got like 75 scriptures on resilience and perseverance. Perseverance is an aspect of faith. Go look them up yourself. When you get hungry and desperate, God will meet you. The Lord spoke to me years ago, and I'm closing. He spoke to me years ago and said, if you'll be desperate to pray, I will pour out my spirit upon you. So, well, I'm, I'm really not desperate. And I, I was being honest. I'm really not desperate. The Lord says, well, I can help you with that. When you understand what's at stake and you understand that we're living for another age and you understand your role, God looks for a man, God looks for a woman, God looks for a people to pour through. The only reason he's using the likes of us is we said yes and we don't quit. Just don't quit. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.